When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Last month, I was so proud to be a presenter at the fifth annual Fox Nation Patriot Awards in Nashville, Tennessee. This was the first year for the Fox Weather Courage Award, which was awarded to Tracy Harden from Rolling Fork, Mississippi. She saved nine people from an EF4 tornado as it was about to destroy her business. On March 24th, Tracy and her husband, Tim, were with employees and customers at Chuck's Dairy Bar when they had just moments to seek shelter while a tornado was literally on their doorstep. And with just seconds to find a safe space, Tracy ordered everyone to squeeze into their walk-in cooler that was in the restaurant. Minutes later, their business was completely leveled. If it wasn't for Tracy, I don't believe they would have survived. Katie Byrne was the reporter on the scene for Fox Weather and found Tracy following this horrific event. She asked if Tracy could come in front of the cameras and describe what happened. And despite being very hesitant to share her story, she somehow got the courage to recount those life-or-death minutes for the world to see. And I believe her account will help save lives in the future. I talked to both Katie and Tracy for the podcast, and at the end, I promised to follow up on this story as the city of Rolling Fork rebuilds in the new year. I hope you'll listen to this important interview and share it with others. Our conversation begins with Fox weather correspondent Katie Byrne on the Janistine podcast. Katie Byrne, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I don't know. We've not met each other yet, but I feel like I know you. I see you all over Fox (laughs) weather and you've been on Fox News Channel as well. You know, give me some background. How did you get here? I know, based on like social media and just seeing you on TV, I feel like I know you too. But uh, let's see. I was working at Fox News Channel before I started with Fox Weather a couple years ago. Um, so I have a news background. So I'm a news reporter. I work for Fox Weather now, and I kind of report on a lot of the aftermath of, unfortunately, a lot of disasters that happen that are weather related all across the country. But I'm based in Philly. So usually I stay in that Northeast region. But sometimes I veer off into like the Midwest or the South. So I've kind of been all over the place the last couple of years working for Fox Weather. But it has been, you know, it's been sad at times, but it has been really, really amazing meeting so many amazing people along the way. That's like the best part of the job, just meeting all of these people from all different walks of life, just people that I get to interview and tell their stories. Mm -hmm. I think it's so important. You know, we talk about the forecast, we talk about the incoming storm. And then if it's terrible, we look at the aftermath and we, we go out and assess the damage. But then, you know, weeks go by and we kind of, you know, move on. Unfortunately, these people still have to rebuild their lives. So I'm grateful for you because you are able to tell their stories in a time where they're not able to really, you know, tell them this themselves. 
It's so true. And something that I think is amazing about having Fox weather and have a company that just focuses on weather all the time is that a lot of people that I get to meet, I tell them, you know, we'll be able to come back. And a lot of times we do. There have been times where I've been able to go back for a one month or a two month or six month, one year mark of a horrible event that's happened. But at least we can get back and check in with people and see how they're doing the things that they need. Oftentimes you get back even a year later. And based on just how horrific some of these disasters are, people do still need that help and attention. Mm, I'm so glad you said that. I'm really grateful for Fox Weather uh, and that what they do, because I do believe it's something that we need now more than ever. There's so much news happening. A lot of it is bad, including including some of the storms we've had the, the past year. Um, but to be able to go back and, and tell the story of neighbors helping neighbors, I really believe after the storm, that's when you see the best in humanity. It's so true. I, I mean, I think back the most recent event that I was just covering was this winter storm. Uh, Just last week, early last week, I was in Western New York in a town, small town called Altmar. Nearest big city was really uh, like Syracuse, New York. And they had this big winter storm that really kind of overperformed. We got I think two and a half feet where I was, but other areas got more than 40 inches of snow. Uh, And luckily no one was hurt. Nothing like that happened. Of course, there were a number of accidents on the roads and cars that veered off the highway. When the snow really came down, there were whiteout conditions on the roads. But when I was there, I got to meet uh, people who are kind of used to living in snow. And this is just part of their life. But even they were kind of taken aback by how intense this storm was early in the season. A lot of them had snow days two in a row, which is kind of unusual for people who live in an area that get a ton of snow. But that's just the most recent event that I covered. And I think back on some of the other, you know, storms, snowstorms, hurricanes, tornadoes, things like that, that I've been able to meet people who just come together, help their neighbors, whether it's shoveling someone's driveway so they can get to work even in two and a half feet of snow or You know, if it's a hurricane and people are letting their neighbors stay at their house with them because their house was destroyed. Mm -hmm. How is this different from other reporting that you've done in the past? That's a good question. Um, It's kind of the worst day of a lot of people's lives sometimes, which that's a little heavy, I think, because with news, you know, things are different every single day. It could be politics. It could be uh, just crime, anything like that. But then with weather, typically when I'm getting deployed out to a scene, it's going to be really sad the first few days. And uh, that makes it kind of hard to approach people. I think when you're you're a human too, and you're trying to assess, you know, this is someone looking at the aftermath of their house, which maybe doesn't have a roof or is completely just crumbled to the ground. And I think there's a lot of stuff that goes through my head of just, you know, I think I want to give this person some space at first, but then give them the opportunity to let me know if this is something that they want to talk about. And oftentimes, you know, I'll just go up without my microphone, without the camera, without anything and just say hi, introduce myself, tell them how sorry I am for what what they're seeing, what they're experiencing right now in the present moment. And a lot of times people want to talk about it and it's almost therapeutic for a lot of people, I think, because they're in a state of shock and they want to kind of put into words what they're seeing and experiencing right in that moment. Hmm. 
I think that you are an empathetic person. That's something that you can't teach, I don't think. You know, it's something that you have inside of you to be able to approach people on the worst day of their life and, and make them feel comfortable. You as a stranger, I mean, that's that's something about your own personality that I think is is really important. I try to be careful. I think about how to approach people in situations like that because I think about how I would want to be approached or, you know, if I would want to talk about it. And it's such a sensitive time for so many people if they're going through a tornado aftermath where a lot of times these tornadoes, I mean, our meteorologists, you do the best we can to forecast when tornadoes are possible. But a lot of times they spin up so quickly and people don't have any notice. And then, and you know, if they have minutes of notice. It's still not that much time to find somewhere in their home to hunker down and be safe as possible. Um, it's very scary for so many people. And I think that's what's so shocking about some of the weather events that we end up covering throughout the year. So, I mean, the amazing thing is that I've met so many people who are just so open and really want to talk through what's going on and they want people to see what happened so that they can prepare as best as they can if they live somewhere where tornadoes are possible which i mean we had tornadoes in the philly area last year so it's not always where you think they might spin up Mm -hmm. are there things that you've learned uh you know doing this job so many things i've learned i think now covering weather for two years straight i think the best thing that i've learned is just all of that history of the weather events that I've covered in the last couple of years helped me cover the next weather event, especially things like this last winter storm that I covered two and a half feet of snow. While it might not seem like much for people who live in that part of New York, it was a big deal because we haven't had an early season storm like that overperform in a long time. And now I have, you know, what I covered from last year, those winter storms to use as reference and say, wow, it's been a long time. And I can think back to the last time I was here in this part of the state, I was in Buffalo and using all of the history that you pick up along the way and the little tidbits, all of that information, I think helps report on scenes because then you know, you know, what an area has seen before. But then also, I think walking into a new place, probably biggest thing that the most important thing to me, the biggest thing I've learned is just getting to know people who live there because that's going to teach me so much about the town and what they're used to when it comes to weather and what this is like for them. And that's going to help tell the story. Mm. How do you prepare? You know, when I cover hurricanes, I am very concerned about our reporters. And sometimes I'll actually say that on air. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know, I'm the one out here saying, stay inside. Don't go out there if it's too dangerous. But I get it. You have to tell the story. And sometimes that's putting yourself in a bit of a precarious situation. Yeah. You know, there's things that we do, especially with hurricanes. We try to really, really pick the best spot that we could be in and then stay as close to the hotel or wherever we're staying. So we have some type of shelter. So that's one thing that we do. But I mean, there's all kinds of tricks that people will teach you. I didn't know this before I started with Fox Weather, but uh, other people who've worked in weather for a long time told me the bathtub trick. So you get to your hotel if you're covering a hurricane and you fill up your bathtub because 
it's likely, and it's happened a bunch of times in the last couple of years that you're not going to have water and you're going to lose power. So you're going to need to use that bathtub water to keep yourself clean Mm -hmm. and uh, get through the rest of the week. So things like that, I mean, those are, those are things that I pay attention to, but also when we go and kind of get out to the scene of a hurricane or a winter storm, I am immediately at a a store stocking up on kind of non-perishable foods, things that I'll likely need to feed me and my crew just in case and in the all <laughs> likelihood that we are going to run out of power and you're not going to be able to door dash anything. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to go out to eat. So it's going to be a lot of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and goldfish. And that's <laughs> kind of like how you get through. <laughs> Is that your favorite go-to non-perishable food item? Um, that's definitely what I have. I have goldfish, but I also get those like non or what they're, they're uncrustable sandwiches. Have you ever had those? They're no, so what's good. that? They're frozen PB&Js, but they thaw out and then I just keep them in my car and you don't need to make the PB&J with, you know, a knife. It's just already ready to go. Oh, wow. <laughs> How long does that last for? Um, <laughs> I'll make it last a long time. <laughs> I don't know the rules, <laughs> but I would say it lasts probably a week. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's important. That's, you know, that's energy that you need. Um, yeah. So do you love it? I mean... Obviously, you see a lot of devastation. You meet a lot of people on their worst day. What keeps you going? What keeps you wanting to go back? I do. I do love it. I think that being uh, having the responsibility to go to scenes like this that are likely some of the worst, you know, of at the very least the year across the country. But also when you look back in history, these are going to be pictures that are important to look back on. And um, I think getting there and meeting people and telling the stories of the people who live in these communities that are just, I mean, gutted by what's happening. It's the most important work I've ever done. And it's a huge responsibility and I take it really seriously. And I, you know, try to make relationships with everyone that I meet along the way and keep up with them and check in with them and make sure that they're, they are recovering and we're doing everything we can to help them get the attention they need. If it's, you know, we still need help with removing debris that was um, from the tornado that tore through our town, or we still need help getting, uh, you know, donations because a lot of times like in the immediate aftermath, you get so many donations that sometimes communities are like, okay, we're okay. We mm. need a break. But then a few months later, you know, they still need things. There was one woman I met once that, uh, you know, there's no stores open. There's nothing, nothing there sometimes if the tornado just swoops through a town. And I you know, was staying at a hotel an hour away and she asked me if I could get her chapstick. Like that's the kind of stuff that you just don't even think about that people might be needing but also like how wholesome is that that someone who's just lost everything is just like um all i need is a chapstick Mm. you know so it's important work and i think that the people really help kind of shine a light on how important that work is Mm -hmm. stay right there we'll have more of this story coming up It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. 
And this year at the Patriot Awards, uh, we gave away the the Award of Courage to Tracy Harden, our first official Fox Weather Award. Uh, and you mm-hmm. helped that make that happen. A devastating EF4 tornado tore through the small town of Rolling Fork, and you met Tracy. Tell me her story. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Tracy is incredible. When I heard that she won this award, I could not think of anyone more deserving. <laughs> We were in that town and that town was completely destroyed. I mean, about, I think, a third of the homes there were flattened completely from the storm. People's homes were just crumbled into piles of bricks. There was nothing left. And we kind of got to the scene. And I mean, it was one of those things where sometimes you get to a scene, Janice, and all of the news trucks are in one spot because that's where the damage is. This was a situation where everyone was dispersed because there were so many homes and businesses that were destroyed. So we kind of just pulled off and ended up right at what looked like it used to be a business. We could see a pool table. We could see uh, bar stools and there were no walls and no roof. And there were trucks just overturned inside of what used to look like a bar. And I was reporting on it. And then Tracy and her husband showed up. And this was, I mean, the day after the tornado hit, they were already trying to remove the debris and get a handle on what was going on. I know Tracy said that she had plans and still is planning to reopen and rebuild Chuck's Dairy Bar, which is her business in the town. And When I met Tracy, I mean, it was a similar thing where I kind of gave her some space at the beginning because a lot of people were approaching her, hugging her, embracing her. There were tears. It was very emotional. And when I got the chance to talk to her, I mean, she was so she was in shock, but she was so open about sharing her story. And I think it really came from a place of wanting to warn people and help people if they're ever in that same situation of what to do. Hmm. And tell me what she did. Well, I mean, it's an incredible story. She was working in her bar that night and they had customers in there. They had employees in there. She was with her husband and there wasn't much warning for the storm, uh, for the tornado that was coming through. I mean, she and other folks that live in the town, they told me they didn't hear a siren, but they got messages from friends and family warning them, take cover. There's a tornado coming. And so her her husband and the customers and the workers that they had with them, they ended up piling into a cooler, which was in the restaurant and inside of it had, you know, food and milk and all kinds of things that they would use, condiments, everything. And this was a tight space and they squeezed inside of it all seven people and they survived. Mm. And when they stepped outside after the tornado moved through, All they could see was just open space. Her husband said that he could see the sky and they they had no roof and no walls left. It was absolutely terrifying. And then in the immediate aftermath, they were helping people who lived in the community right behind their restaurant find their loved ones or tragically, you know, discover that their loved ones didn't make it. She's incredible. Um, You know, I I met her beforehand and she had a little note you know she had written her speech or what she wanted to say on a piece of paper and you could tell she was a little nervous you know this is these people are not you know people that want to be on television right they never in their wildest dreams thought that they would 
be on television, uh, much less get an award for heroism like she was up for. And when she went out on stage, she didn't even refer to the piece of paper. She, I really felt like she, it just came through her faith. Uh, she just talked from the heart. And she really is a special person. I mean, I just I got that from meeting her for just a, 60 seconds. I completely agree. And I think back to when I was able to interview her, we actually just did it live. And I think I think we spoke with her live for maybe 10 minutes, which in news terms is a really long time. But I mean, she was just so eloquent, despite being in shock over everything. And I think what what I kind of heard and I think what so many people that watched her heard and reacted with was how much she cared about other people. You know, she was so worried about her friends in the community and you could tell that that business, this was a small town. This was one of maybe a handful of places to go out to eat. This was a, a landmark there where a lot of people would come. She would say, she said that her friends and the locals would come when they were happy, when they were sad. I mean, this was just the spot that you came to get something to eat, get a drink with your friends and your family and, and for it to just be gone in a flash. And then for your community to be shaken like that, it was just shocking, but she did such a good job of kind of caring for other people, despite her herself losing so much. Mm. Yeah. I mean, listen, you you see the greatest in humanity when you go out to these storms where people come out and they help each other and their neighbors. It's just really nice to shine a light on somebody like Tracy, who had to yeah. become a first responder, really. Yeah. I mean, she did. She said that, well, the business right behind Chuck's Dairy Bar was... Um, you know, residential area. There were dozens of homes there. And this was really the hardest hit block or, you know, just community neighborhood in the town. And I mean, nothing was left. There were a couple homes, I believe, that were thrown mile away. Like it was completely destroyed. And after they realized they survived and the shock of that, they open the cooler door, they look outside and they see no walls, no roof, and their business is just completely splayed open. She could hear screaming and, you know, she had to go and help people out of their homes that were reduced to rubble. This was crushing for them because this was a neighborhood of families. She said that, you know, the kids would come wait at the bus stop right in front of the restaurant that she ran. I mean, it was horrific. I think, for her to go through that. Mm -hmm. I get to talk to her uh, in the second part of this interview. What would you like me to pass along to her? Well, I've, there's so many things. I keep in touch with Tracy. You know, I check in with her, but I just pass along how deserving she is of this. You said it so well that she, you know, she's so humble. I don't think that she ever thought she would be in this place where she'd be winning an award and at this fancy ceremony and all of these things. And she deserves it so much. And I want her to know that, that she deserves this. 
And she is kind of a beacon for Rolling Fork. I think that she is guiding the way of that community coming back. That was beautiful. Oh, Katie, do you get to take a break in the holidays? You know, you get to back home to your family. I'm very lucky. My family's in New Jersey, so I get to drive home sometimes. They're about two and a half hours away. And yeah, I think I'm going to be off for Christmas this year, so I'll be able to make it back, which is super exciting. That's great. That's great. And your job, you know, you must feel grateful um, when you see so much and you get to go go home and, and hug your family members. I mean, that's part of the, you know, the business that we're in is we get to see really terrible things sometimes, but it makes you appreciate, you know, the goodness that we have right in front of us. So much. And Tracy is like the ultimate example of that. I want to live like her, just full of love. She yes. is such a loving, giving person. Yeah, I told her, I think, you know, God is is delivering a message through her. I really believe that, you know, whether you whatever your faith is, you look at somebody like Tracy uh, and just she has this light around her. Um, And so I'm I'm just so grateful that you brought her to us and we were able to honor her uh, and that we were that we're able to talk to her. So I thank you, Katie Byrne. And let's let's be in touch because, uh, you know, the new year starts and you're out on the road again. And I'd be happy to find out, you know, what you're up to. Okay, I love that. And I'll try to make sure that you get to try it Uncrustable at some point. (laughs) (laughs) The Uncrustable. I love it. I'm going to hold you to it. (laughs) Thank you, Katie. Thank you. Stay right there. We'll have more of this story coming up. Thanks again to Katie for joining us. Our next guest is this year's recipient of the first ever Fox Nation Patriot Award for Courage. From Rolling Fork, Mississippi, please welcome Tracy Harden to the Janice Dean podcast. Tracy Harden, thanks so much for being on the podcast. I'm glad to be with you. Thank you. So you and I met at the Patriot Awards a couple of weeks ago in Nashville. Uh, You looked beautiful, by the way. I loved your fabulous green dress. Um, Thank you. And I saw you in the back, you know, when we were ready to go out on stage to introduce you. And of course, I knew your story and you had Uh something written on a little piece of paper. And, you know, I knew you were nervous. That's normal. Even somebody that's been doing this as long as I have. I was nervous. Um, But you you really you got up on stage and I really feel like God was just speaking through you because you went up there Mm -hmm. and you spoke from the heart and you were so present. And tell me about that. I mean, I I want to talk about the story that got you to that point. Um, But what Uh were you what were you thinking when you were in front of so many people in the audience um, at the Grand Ole Opry? Um, you know, and ex- accepting an award for for your courage. Um, when I walked out, um, I, I was thinking, just let me hold it together. God, please let me hold it together. Um, because I knew what I wanted to say and I knew what I needed to say, but I'm such an emotional creature that <laughs> most of the time I just, lose train of thought because of my emotions. So that morning I'd gotten a message from a friend, um, a a voicemail, and it was a beautiful prayer because she knew I was struggling. Um, 
And it was a prayer for God to allow me to say what I needed to say and get me through. And I was thinking about her prayer and I was thinking about all the people at home who believed in me and believed I could do it. Um, so it was still very emotional. Um, but I'm so thankful I was able to get, get through it. Mm, you did a beautiful job. Do you mind sharing what that prayer was about? Um, she knows the struggle I've had with talking to reporters and interviews. And it seems that I can't ever seem to get used to it. Um but she also knows how bad I want to be able to do them because I want to keep the attention on my town. Yes. Um, and that prayer was just that God would be with me and step in and um, and lead me through it. And I know he did. Yes. I felt it. Mm -hmm. I really did. <laughs> um, it was a wonderful wonderful experience and a wonderful moment and leading up to it I did not want to go and my husband said we are going because you do this for our town you don't do it for yourself you do it for our town so we are going um and I'm so thankful he encouraged me to go because it was it was an experience like no other um just from the time we made it there to the time we left. So much love from Fox News, from Fox Weather. Um, and since we've been home, the, the, the phone calls I've received from people wanting to help, um, it's just been tremendous. Mm. It's been wonderful. I'm so glad to hear that. Um, Thank you. Is it hard to go back to that day and, and keep reliving it? It is. I wake up every morning and I say, no tears today. No tears today. I got this. <laughs> but every time I talk about it, it, it still hits me hard. Mm -hmm. um, because I don't know how, well, I do know how people say you save lives, but I didn't do that. There is no way in one minute's time that we were able to get all into a safe place and be okay. There was, there was no way that cooler wasn't gonna just fly off with all of us in it it was nothing I did it, it was it was all God oh. it was all God um, so it is hard to relive that and it is hard to hear that I've done something that saved lives when I know that was so much more than me. Mm. Um, a lot of the tears are, you know, happy tears. Yes. Um, because we are here and we are okay. And 
in that moment, you know, we just didn't think we would be. So, mm-hmm. tell me about Chuck's Dairy Bar. I mean, this was a you know, this was a landmark in your in your town, right? Mm-hmm. Tell me about it. Yes, um, the building we were in was built in 1977, um, but it had started in I believe 1964 as a little bitty shack down the road. Um, known for the Chuck Burger. And um, we bought the business, my family bought the business um, in 2007. So it's not something I wanted. Um, I remember telling my husband, please don't buy that place thinking I'm doing that because I'm not doing that. (laughs) Um, And he wanted it so bad. Um, And I tell you, it's like, it's my baby. It's my heart. so it's been really hard not having it, uh, but we are working on getting it back, and we are hoping to open February 1st in our new wonderful building. Wow. Uh, we have so many memories of the old place, uh, and we want to try and incorporate some of those memories into the new place, but we also want to just leave some of the hurt behind. Mm-hmm. and make new memories with with our town um it is the meeting place for our town it's the place where you come when not just to eat but if you're hurting or if you're happy and you want to share come in grab a seat and we're always there to listen Mm -hmm. and um that's what we're missing right now so much Mm -hmm. um the whole town is missing that and Hopefully in just two more months, we'll have it back. That's tremendous. How's the how's the rest of the town doing? Oh, we are doing good. Um, businesses are opening. Homes are being built. Um, you know, seeing people who haven't, who's lived in a motel for eight months to finally be able to get in their home. Mm-hmm. Um it's overwhelmingly wonderful, mm. um, but we still have some struggles. We yes. still have some in motels. Um, our schools are still not where they need to be, but we are getting through it. Um, we still have a long road ahead, but we are the strongest little town, and we are fighting hard, so we are doing okay. Good. Can I ask you what made you, I mean, you you tell me that it was God, but what went through your head when you knew you had to find a safe place? I mean, was it a gut reaction? Had you had a plan in place before? We, we had never had a plan in place. Um, because, you know, those things don't happen here. They don't happen here. Mm. And we never, ever thought we'd be in this situation. So that night when I got those messages, we had one minute notice mm-hmm. before it hit us. And I went to get gather the crew and I, the lights blinked and I just screamed cooler. Yeah. I, I remembered in the back of my head mm. years ago, I had heard 
on the news. If you're ever in a restaurant and there's a tornado, go to the cooler. Mm. And of course, I never thought I'd have to use that. I never thought about it another day in my life. And that was probably 30 years ago when I heard it. Mm. But I'm so thankful God put that that word in my mouth that night. Yeah. Yep. How long do you think it was when you, you yelled cooler and you got in there and then the tornado hit? When we got from the time I yelled cooler till the time we got in, um, a minute. Wow. One minute. Yeah. And I remember when my husband pulled that door closed, he could hardly get it closed because of the wind. And when he finally got it closed, he said, I see the sky. And just that quick, the whole roof was gone from the building. Mm-hmm. Um, so just one minute. Yeah. You know, your experiences will save lives. I hope so. Yes. Yes. You telling me this story will stick with somebody. And if they're ever in a situation, they'll remember your story and they will find shelter. I pray that they do. Mm-hmm. do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it must have been overwhelming, you know, not only seeing all the wreckage and being alive, but then also to have media coming in. That must have been really tough. You know, having a microphone kind of put in your face right away. um, Um, That's very difficult. mm -hmm. Um, It is. Um, It was. It was definitely not something I wanted. Um. I can remember telling my husband, I I just need to go hide. Mm. I just need to get away from it. Yeah. But when so many of your customers, your loved ones, don't have anywhere to go, and I've always been the person who had a, motel room for someone in need or had a hot meal for someone in need. Um, And I wasn't able to do those things right away. Um, All I could do for them was talk. Yes. And so that's what I did. Yep. I get up talking. I go to bed talking (laughs) and just, just pray. It brings help. Mm -hmm. That's exactly it. You were, you know, a beacon of help. Um, How's your husband doing? He's so wonderful. Mm. (laughs) He is so wonderful. I couldn't do any of what I do without him. Mm. Um, He's my rock, and I require a really big rock. (laughs) (laughs) I get that. I require a very big rock, too. I do. <laughs> I've loved him for 29 years and I just, he's just, he means the world to me and he's always right there. Mm. And that night he wasn't supposed to be there with us. He really? was home resting. And I said, 
I said, just stay home. I said, you know, we've been busy. It's slowing down. I'm going to do payroll and then we're going to close up and come home. Um, just rest. And 10 minutes before the tornado, he walks through the back door and said, I couldn't rest. So, oh, wow. So I came on up and I'm so thankful he did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're coming up to the holiday season. Um, mm-hmm. I know there are a lot of families that are hurting. Um, you're trying to rebuild. You're trying to get your place back. Um, what do you mm-hmm. need the most? What do you need from people? Um, right now, our big concern is having Christmas for our babies. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, uh, you know, we've gone through so much and we've lost so much and there are still a ton of things that we need, but the kids have hurt so much from this that we, what we're, what we're trying to concentrate on is, is, is helping them. Um, uh, so the community, we've been collecting toys and we're going to start, um, Saturday. I have Santa coming and I'm going to be a little elf and we, I have my old Jeep packed down with toys and we're getting out into the streets and, (laughs) and giving out toys. And we're going to do that several days leading up until Christmas. And then, um, uh, Rolling Fork has a wish list set up. We're collecting, um, things as families are giving us their needs. Uh, things are being collected for that. Um, just, just, we're just trying to make some kids and some parents um, happy for the holiday season. That, that's what we're doing right now. How can people do that? And that, that feels really good. It does. And we want to help. So, how can people, do you have a website? Do you have a, a, a GoFundMe? What can we do? Um, we have, uh, I don't know how I can, I can share this with you, uh, but our, our local hospital has been um, handling it all and collecting okay. all the gifts, making sure that they're getting wrapped and all. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a link, but I don't. I don't really know how I can share. That That's okay. You. you know what you're gonna do? You're gonna you're gonna send that link to Kate, and I will. I'll make sure that when I'm wrapping out of this interview, I will uh-huh. say what the link is. Okay. Oh, awesome! And we can also oh, I'll also link so. it up on our our social media page too. Oh, wow. That yeah. would be wonderful. Absolutely. Because we've already been so blessed and we're able to scratch families off the list as we get their things, you know, and, mm-hmm. it, and it, it just feels so good. It does. It feels so good. It and does. Right now, that's, you know, that's what we're concentrating on and we'll pick back up to other things as we, um, once we get this taken care of. So, I just thank you so much for sharing and, and thank you so much for talking with me and keeping attention on my town. Mm. Well, you it's such are, a blessing. Oh, listen, you're a blessing, Tracy. Uh, I'm so oh, honored to know you, honored to to be on that stage with you. And um, you thank know, you so I much. know that you are going to help people like you can never imagine, you know, your story. We are, yep. We are trying so hard. We We really are. Um, and, and 
just seeing the progress of that, it just makes you want to fight harder for Yes. Um, so. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Well, I will check in with you because we want to make sure that we're uh, we're documenting the progress. And I would love uh, to come into Chuck's Dairy Bar. I'd in, love to in have February. You there. <laughs> How about that? How about we make a date for that? We we definitely need to do that. Okay. That would be that would be so awesome. I would so love that. Awesome. I would come love and that. Meet, come and meet my people. Uh, I would love it. <laughs> okay. Well, consider that done because I'm going to do it. We're going to do it. Wonderful. Thank <laughs> you so much. Aw, Tracy. Merry Christmas. God bless you. Oh, gosh. Um, Merry Christmas to you. Listen, the tears that you have are so important. And I'm a very emotional person too. So I get it. I get you. And, um, and you know, you're speaking for your community. So, so thank you for that. I'm trying. I'm trying. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate you more than you know. Okay, Tracy. All right, my love. You know what? I'm going to totally pitch it to my, my producers. I want to come out when you, you tell me when your grand opening is. Okay. Okay. I will do that. I will. I will. I've got your. Uh, I've got your. I believe your producer's yes. number. I will. I will. Um. I will share information with her. Sounds and good. And she's been wonderful. Uh, she has been. She's been wonderful. Good. So. Good. Well, we all Great love bunch you. Of people. We all love. We you. love y'all too. We appreciate you. Okay, Tracy. I'm giving you a big hug right now. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Until and I get to do it in person. Coming. You got it. You got Thanks. it. Thanks once again to Tracy for summoning the courage to retell her incredible story of heroism and hope on today's podcast. For many in Rolling Fork, this year's Christmas and holiday season will be challenging. Many are dealing with great loss, and some will not be celebrating the holidays in their own home. Others will be missing family members who were lost. There's a community hospital in Rolling Fork who are trying to help make the holidays special this year for children in the aftermath of the March 25th EF4 tornado. A holiday gift drive is being organized and is asking for unwrapped toys and books for kids. They are also collecting kitchenware, cleaning supplies, bedding, toiletries, and small houseware items for adults. Monetary donations are also being accepted. 100% of all donations will go towards gifts for the affected tornado victims. If you would like to help in making sure that the children of Rolling Fork have a wonderful holiday this year, you can go to this website. It's www.mhanet.org. That's www.mhanet.org. Thank you to all of my listeners. If you have someone you think should make the Dean's List, let me know at Janice Dean on Twitter or Janice Dean FNC on Instagram. Or you can rate this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or at foxnewspodcast.com. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. And don't forget to spread the sunshine.
The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts.